Hey, this is Naya Vanterpool, and I proudly serve as a board member with the St. Luke's Youth Center. We go by Slick. We're a nonprofit dedicated to providing critical resources, life enriching experiences, and a safety net of support to families in West Baltimore. The Words From Within podcast is part of the Poetry of Survival fundraising project. We are raising funds to transform the historic St. Luke's Episcopal Church into the Slick Center for Youth Empowerment. For more information on how you can support building community arts and entrepreneurship in West Baltimore, visit our website at wordsfromwithin.net. Stay inspired. Welcome back, my love, to Words From Within, a poetry podcast about love and pain and life, really, on the west side of Baltimore. I'm your host, Gail Danley. And if this is, in fact, your first time joining us, here's what's going on. So we've got four families who are all part of a community in West Baltimore. The community is called Slick, S-L-Y-C, St. Luke's Youth Center. So a couple weeks ago, the families took a poetry workshop from some poet friends of mine. But the thing that 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 ties it all together is that each family member used poetry in order to tell the stories of their lives. So in this episode, we're going to get to know Coretta. She worked with one of my poet friends, Scotty P, a musician who plays his guitar and makes these beautiful melodies and really helps kind of untangle Coretta. I mean, when we look at it just on its face value, it's an episode about blessings, her blessings, her children. And Coretta, of course, writes about the birth of each of her children and how she fell in love with each of them differently when they were born. But I think this episode is really about trust, about kind of one little layer at a time. Coretta, kind of like an onion, you know, opened herself up to Scotty, opened herself up to his music and got over maybe some hesitation that she might have initially felt, you know, and found her place when she talked about her children. That's the blessing of the episode. I mean, it's called Three Blessings because, yeah, Coretta writes about her three children But when I really think about it, it's four blessings, right? That fourth blessing, that realization that there's always this part of us that doesn't get enough attention, maybe feels blocked, maybe doesn't get enough love. And this is really about that journey, that fourth foray that Coretta takes into, into love, into owning and embracing and honoring the life that we're all pregnant with, the life that's inside of us, the stories inside of us, and the life force that gives us the ability and the will to put our stories down on paper, just like she did with Scotty P. I'm so glad you're about to enjoy it with us. Have fun with it. My name is Scotty P. I'm a um, singer, songwriter, performer, and a teaching artist. I go in and uh, do arts integration 
in any school or any environment, really, young or old, you know, children from four to 74. What would you say you love most about this kind of work? And and what I mean is using music and poetry and lyric writing to work with families and kids. When you work with people and they're not used to writing lyrics or poetry or any kind of uh, verse that's personal, it's really a window into their personality and, and their lives and who they are as people. Because intrinsically with writing, you have to say something. And most people aren't used to saying anything in front of other people except their family or their close friends. So it's it's an intimacy, I think, that someone allows you to to enter into with them. You worked with a woman named Coretta and her son Darnell who live in West Baltimore. They're both involved in the St. Luke's community. I'm so happy to meet you. I've been looking forward to this. Nice meeting you. Yeah. And you began your poetry workshop by sharing a song that you wrote about your mother. And I thought we would take a listen to that first. She'll always say she's doing just fine. Then she'll tell me just a matter of time before every little thing starts going her way. Yeah, listen. Still, I'd love to brighten up her day. Hear me say, yeah. So let me lighten the load today. Let this feeling stay. I pray always, always, always. Oh, yeah, yeah, mama. Scotty, I thought this was a powerful way to begin because you shared not only your music, but your heart. You shared a song you wrote about your mom to a mom and her son. And I think that sometimes when we're working with people we don't know or that we haven't met yet, it helps to share a piece of ourselves at the beginning because it has a disarming effect. It's like it prepares everybody to open up themselves. What did it feel like to you to share your music with them? It's it's a gift. Listening is an act of love. I've always heard that saying growing up. And uh, as I get older and I turned 50 last week, it makes it makes all the sense in the world. Listening to someone is opening yourself up to them. So they're open to you. And then you are opening up to them by sharing that which you are singing or speaking out. As a mama, I'll start feeling all sentimental. Oh. That's what it's supposed to do. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you can go to like a molecular structure when when atoms meet or something or when cells multiplied, I feel like that's what's going on with the spirit. The spirit is multiplying between the two people who are sharing and receiving. And and, uh, that's a holy thing, I think, you know, with with, uh, any kind of art. So so you asked them about St. Luke's, and while Coretta was answering, her son Cornell walked in and started talking about St. Luke's, and what he said gives you a real sense of what it means to these kids. Cornell, what y'all doing with St. Luke's? So we set our book bags and stuff down, and then after we've done our work, we're doing fun activities or studying whatever the kids want to do productive fed out on the streets doing bad stuff. Dig it. I love it. That's an after school program where they get to come together. Right. They have a good 
it's a good family relationship there. It's cool. You ask the question, what do you love more than anything in the whole world? What do you love more than anything else in this whole world? See, to me right now, it's my kids. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so your two sons, and how old are your sons? 14 and 11. Yeah, my, my daughter's at work right now, so she's not bothering me at the moment. How old is your daughter? She is 17, pushing 18. And where's she working now, Coretta? Right now, she's at um, Future Care. Oh, cool. Coretta immediately started talking about her kids, which is what she ends up writing about. Right. So I thought I'd ask you as well, like, what do you love more than anything else in the whole world? I love my family. I love my friends. I love truth. I love justice. I love love. I remember being in elementary school and people were starting to talk about girls and Girls were talking about boys, and and people were like, oh, well, I like him, or she likes him, or I like her. I remember just liking the fact that I liked somebody. I remember being in a sandbox when I first liked somebody. You know, life is nothing but us letting go of one thing after another from the time we're born till the time we grow up till the time when we grow back to being dependent on our, our own children. And then we're babies again, once a man and twice a child, like Bob Marley sang. So I love it all, Gail. I love that writer's block came up in your workshop because it's something that anyone who has ever tried to write has experienced. So Coretta said, I can have an idea and I can want to put it out there, but all the ideas are running every which way. How'd it go? It's, it's okay. Getting ah. stuck, writer's block. This is the best, though. <laughs> this is the best stuff, man. It's always like, oh, I don't know what to write. And then a couple minutes later, you'll be like, oh, my God, I don't know what to keep. So writer's block, talk to me about writer's block, Coretta, because, you know, every person who tries to write something experiences that sensation. What does writer's block feel like to you? To me, I can have an idea. Yeah. And I, I can want to put it out there. Yeah. I have so many, and, and all the ideas be running every which way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why they. And what you recommended was just pick one or two ideas and focus on the details. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things you kept coming back to. When I started writing, I started to the direction of how I fell in love differently at each birth. At each different falling in love over and over, totally different. Wow. I love that. That, that's, that's a rich start right there. I mean, you might have three verses, one verse for each child. And each verse could describe each different feeling. Okay. And, and write down the details. What, what, what was the day like? Was it sunny? Was it a winter day? Was there snow on the ground when such and such happened for the first time? So mess with that for a minute. And I'm just going to play a song for you while you're writing. All right? Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Just, just mess around with that. So, so why do you think that is, though, about details? Like, what, do, what is it about details that gets our gears moving as writers? Uh, yeah, well, and you know what I find when I'm telling a story? The, the more details that pop into my head, the more animated I become, right? So, like, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, finally, I'm from Philly, and in 2018, when they finally won, I, it, I didn't believe it in the moment. 
So for the week or two after that, I was kept saying, what about when, and, and remember that time when, and what about when this happened? And so all these little details kept coming up to me and I got to relive the experience over and over again. So I think details are like gasoline to the fire. It's an accelerant. It's a propellant. I think that's something that's true for all writing. You know, all all art forms is that by focusing on the details, it can move the audience into the world that you're creating. And sometimes the smallest or the most specific details are what makes something more universal, you know, or 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 make something more relatable. Earlier today, I was on a on a Zoom working with a group of teenagers who want to compete in the National Poetry Out Loud competition. And so my theme was physical presence. That's what we were there to learn about through me. Right. And the poem that I used as a jump off point was um, Truth by Gwendolyn Brooks, right? And she's, you know, she's deceased and she's famous, you know, old black woman poet. Okay. And so the, the guy who won the statewide competition this year came on to the Zoom call to co-facilitate with me. And he read the poem for them, for his peers. And we, you know, kind of deconstructed it and talked about his interpretation. And he was just talking about how, you know, truth is truth and how this woman wrote out of her own truth. And it was so amazing because here this guy is, you know, a senior in high school feeling connected to Gwendolyn Brooks, you know, an 80 year old, you know, God rest her soul, black female poet. Wow. And so I think that, you know, when we dig down and we keep digging and we get to the core of a thing, when we get to the details of a thing, that's when we find our connection with each other. Well, I think the details are the byproduct of the attention paid. So go to like meditation, go to yoga practice or, you know, go to anything that you focus on really laser laser like you know you just have a zoom in effect on it and it takes what i think it does is it it either slows down time or it speeds up time your thinking your thoughts and the way you process information changes so it becomes almost like a magical interlude or, or, or a little skip in the matrix so you're processing information differently when that thing whatever it is in in the art grabs you whether you're the performer or the audience that's that's the magic of art it's it takes you away from the here and now and it puts you in a, in a one place at that one moment and nothing can disturb it it's transcendental this was very much a musical experience and what i loved was you played music i mean you actually played your own music on your guitar <laughs> while Coretta was writing. Yeah. So we had these lovely live musical interludes throughout. Right by my side, you are my joy and pride, baby. Right by my side, you are my joy and pride. So lovely, that's how I feel when I'm with you. When we left off, Coretta was talking about feeling blocked, like, you know, like she had all had all these different ideas and didn't know what to focus on. So tell us what happened. Well, I, I just told her to really focus on the little things, the little things that were going on in the room at the moment that she was talking about delivering 
her daughter. And I, I said, Coretta, tell me what was going on in the room or in the car when you were driving to the hospital. Was it sunny? Was the radio on? What were the nurses like? You know, I kept asking her all these little questions. It's like you're a detective. You're on like uh, first 48. And you're like, is there anything else that you remember when such and such happened? But what it did was it, it got Coretta remembering. She's like, oh, my gosh, I forgot this. And then so she started including more and more minutiae. It's these things that get capture you and they arrest you in a sense. They slow you down and they force you to see something or feel something. Well, you could hear in her voice how exhilarating it was, you know. I need to see where my writer went. I think she went on a journey. So listen, I did. I knew it. I, I knew it. Oh I saw my your mouth, God. I saw your mouth moving and I was like, yeah, writer's block's done. I was like, how long is this supposed to be? Where am I going? Oh my gosh, where's the paper? What was that moment like for you? Oh, it, there's no better moment. I'm so proud. I almost have an, an idea of what it must be like to watch your child hit a home run or do some crazy figure skating thing like my cousin Amy used to figure skate. And when I see someone write something or some, I see someone lay a vocal track in a studio setting with me and I'm kind of in a producer role, it's great because I'm as excited that they reach that note or that lyric or that emotion as they are. And I can feel their excitement. And so when they see mine, it's like a confirmation that, okay, I'm on the right track. Well, so Coretta ended up writing about giving birth, you know, and how she fell in love differently with each of her kids. All right, so let's listen. Let's listen to what you came up with. Okay. So listen, I start running off with the pen. And I said, you was my firstborn. You gave me a joy I couldn't explain. You pushed your way through into the world, gave me so much great pain. Mm. God bless me with a girl to start motherhood off. Is she okay, the doctor said, right after you coughed. Then I got stuck and then I started getting teary-eyed and then I didn't get the number two yet. <laughs> this is all perfect. And, and then she was talking about how they, they were convinced that they were going to have a girl, but then it ended up being a boy. We first of all thought he was going to be a girl. You just had that feeling or what? Well, we did several ultrasounds and several ultrasounds said girl. Interesting. One said possible boy, but uh -huh. we, Dad and I had a gut feeling like we know this baby. This is a girl. Get out of here. We did a baby shower for a girl and everything. And oh my gosh. And we, I had a name picked out for him and everything. He hates this story. And I can I'm imagine like, he probably does. He's like, I'm a boy. I was always a boy. He's such a jokester. And I'm like, that's why we couldn't figure out who you were because you was in there playing. I think that might be the theme of your third verse. Like the Joker, you know, you played a trick on yeah. us. Like you fooled all yeah. of us. That could be a great takeoff point for the third verse. Were you surprised um, when she wrote about that? Not at all. Not at all. My mom always tells me, Gail, that the biggest thing she ever accomplished in life was raising us five sons. That's her best thing that she's ever done in her whole life. And my mom's done a lot since she went back to school. 
Then she went to graduate school and became a social worker and worked with every sector of the population in her 30-year career as a social worker, and she's done a lot. So for her to say that the biggest thing she's ever done and accomplished and the proudest thing she's ever had in her life as a legacy is us, five children, then I totally understood why Coretta chose her children. Well, obviously, the two of you come from different backgrounds, right? You know, yeah. She's black. You're not. She's from West Baltimore. You're from Philly. You know, you're a he. She's a she. Yeah. But, you know, when she started writing about giving birth, you know, something that you can't know anything about, Never. the two of you were able to connect with that, you know, with the emotions and the and the struggle of it. God bless me with a girl to start motherhood off. Is she okay, the doctor said, right after you call? I love that question when you when you put the doctor into the poem. It's like you put me in the in the delivery room there and her pushing her way through into the world. Like it's strong imagery. Let me hear the second one now. Okay. Now to number two. Yes, young man, that's you. You gave me such a scare, or why would you dare? <laughs> now they had to come get you. Out of me, they cut me deep. Oh, oh stop. See, stop there. So, so the first two lines sound like an old, normal poem kind of construction. And I like the rhymes. Oh. They almost sound like, almost like a nursery rhyme scheme, a rhyme scheme. And, and it's playful. You're talking to your second child like, well, you were different. You had to come different. But then that third line, you depart from this rhyme scheme and you start talking about the trauma of his birth. And they had to come and get you and cut through. Mm -hmm. So did he have a C-section or something? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about something really nerve-wracking, I would imagine. I, I can't imagine what it's like. And if, if, if the birth is starting to become struggle, it's a struggle to bear him and to, and to give birth, and then they're like, all right, well, you got to do this instead. Dive into that feeling of how you felt, the fear, and then think about the relief when he was brought into the world. You know, you realize how many women have to go through that. People have desires of how they want it to go. And, you know, make God laugh. Tell them your plans, right? Like, you could want it a, you can want it a certain way all you want. But if it's not going to happen that way, you better get ready to how God's going to give it. Know, a big part of what St. Luke's is about is helping those families, right? Really seeing what they need and trying to get it for them, whether it's, you know, some tutors for the children or a meal or, you know, summer camp, you know, providing experiences for this lovely community. Right. So I'm wondering, and, and, I, and I didn't ask uh, Gowry, and I didn't ask Dehasia this, but I should have, right? So it, don't take it personally. No. It's not, you know, Scotty's question. So did you have any kind of impulse inside of you that wanted to help this family? Like, wow, I see that there's this going on, you know what I mean? This gap and man, I wish I could help. And if you felt any of that, how did you sit on your hands? You know what I mean? Like helping, offering advice or, you know, how did you just refrain from that and just keep your head in the, you know, I'm just the artist with this lovely family. Wow. That's a, that's a deep question. I, I, I appreciate you asking that because 
I posted a picture today of Johnny Cash, probably in the late 60s, or 70s, holding a cup up to the mouth of a little black boy in the photo. And, and it said, uh, it was a quote from Johnny Cash saying, you know, between hate and love, I've always chosen love. And I thought it was a beautiful image. But then a friend of mine commented up in Philly saying, when can we see an image of a little white boy being helped to drink from a cup by a beautiful black person? And I said, you know what? You're right. So to go to your question, I never once felt the impulse to to try and suggest something to Coretta or to offer to give Coretta something or to make an offer to come to St. Luke's, although I did make a plan to come to St. Luke's, but it's not for me to necessarily offer something or bring some knowledge or some material blessing to the community because I think that's patronizing. I don't want to be the guy that's like come going to the hood to work with someone who needs help. Coretta didn't need any help from me. I could see that Coretta was doing just fine. And look, we all have um, financial struggles, right? And I, I, I do look forward to going to see St. Luke's and I could, I could totally foresee working down there at some point. I mean, that'll be something that I'll look forward to seeing them after this pandemic is, is a little loosed up. I'm going down there. That's a given. But as far as like, uh, you know, like being the white guy going in there, I didn't feel like I had to sit on my hands. All I had to do was be myself. And this is the, the trepidation I felt before I went into working in Baltimore City Public Schools. I used to think, well, what would these children want to listen to me for? What can I tell them about life in their house, in their community, in their neighborhood as some white guy, you know, who plays in a reggae band? And there, there's enough cultural appropriation to begin with. I'm a lead singer of a reggae band. And now I'm going to go into a black elementary school or middle school. And what do I have to offer? And so I already negotiated that inner dialogue about six years ago. And once I realized that first summer in Baltimore City Public Schools that, you know, the only way you can work with any community, whether it's in West Baltimore or West Hollywood, is to be yourself. And so as soon as I met with Coretta, she could see that I was myself, genuinely myself. I wasn't bringing any kind of veneer or... uh you know, I wasn't selling her any kind of rap. I was just there to to help her realize something, realize something about herself. And and what was that? What did you help her to realize about herself? Probably just to to see herself in a different light. How about that? I think I think we all need help every day to see ourselves in a light that we don't see ourselves. We don't ever see ourselves the way other people see us. And most often, I, I'm a firm believer that we don't see ourselves in the greatness that other people see us every day. We're not told to be that way in this culture either. That's another thing about U.S. Like, I mean, unless we're Donald Trump, right? He is very in touch you, you tell, you with tell, his greatness. You're telling the American story. What is great about Donald Trump in America? He's got a lot of money. So anybody who's struggling financially, anybody who doesn't have enough money to, to put new, new shoes on their son, at, at any point in the year and has to struggle to, to pay Peter to, from, from robbing Paul or, or from putting Paul off. I mean, I, I grew up that way. So for me to work with Coretta was real easy. And I think, you know, I think America is a paycheck away from living that same life. Most of them just don't know it or they don't want to admit it. So that's why they're so caught up in, in their anxieties and they're so resentful of people who have things and they're so so disgusted by people that don't have things because they don't want to be the person that doesn't have things. So that would be how I'd answer that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good answer. Thank you. What I thought was unique about the way that you work 
was that you presented such a wide palette of possibilities, you know, like all the different ways there are to express yourself, like music, lyric writing. And you said you can write a story, you know, you can write a talk, you can write a poem and it can rhyme or not. And you can write about anything you want. It all depends on what you want to create. So basically, your message was there are no rules. And I think that puts people at ease. You know, what do you think? I agree, Gail. There are no rules when it comes to who you are. When you work with a family like that, I mean, everybody likes music to a certain extent, at least a couple songs. So if you can hook them with some kind of feeling or some kind of connection, emotional connection, then you can turn anyone into a writer. We're all writers, you know, like everybody can be Usain Bolt if you're running faster than you ever ran before. It's it's there for everyone. So tell me what you got. What are, what are you feeling? You, you you still got the first first verse kind of like it was last night? Let me tell you about the first verse. I didn't chop that up, mess that up. And then it was like I put more into the second and third and then left the first verse. That's all right. The first kid. So we, that's can, okay. we, we, we can circle back to her. It's okay. blessings. You were my firstborn, a joy I really couldn't explain. The feeling you gave to me when you pushed into the world, my baby girl came. God blessed me with you. I started motherhood off. The doctors said you were okay after they heard you cough. Now number two, yes young man, that's you. You gave us such a scare. Oh my, why would you dare? Your heartbeat dropped so low, they couldn't find you. Where did you go? What are you doing to cause mine to now drop so low? Now they have to cut me, and oh so deep they had to go, just so you can live and I can watch my baby boy grow. To end mommy's baby tree, we got to go and talk about number three. Oh little one, oh little one, why are you hiding from me? Oh boy, oh boy, I've got to say, what a joke you played on me. All picture show girl, or was that what I wanted to see? Playing tricks on us already, oh, I know how this was going to be. Same as your brother, I should have known. Let me go get cut again so I can see your fingers and toes. Our little girl is what we thought. What was our little old gift? To my surprise, the mood in the room did a great big shift. Miss, you thought it was a girl? Mm-mm, can't you see? We got a baby boy for you. Here you go, one, two, three. A second boy was my gift that was in store for me. What was so moving to me, Scotty, was how much joy this brought Coretta, you know, how it surprised her. I love it. Do you really? I do. Ah, that is so great. Listen, you don't understand how much I I love it. I'm not sure if you can see, but I have a piano in the back that I need tuned. I love it so much. This is... You might end up singing this poem. It might be a song. I think I would one day. I have a music background. Okay. And then my mom has been urging me to write a song, write a song. And I'm like, and I've always been to like, uh, it's not going to be good or this and that. So I never did it. 
All right. Well, boom. Now you have something that you can share with her when we're done. It's it's really cool. Actually, I thought I thought it was gonna be something weird and strange, but it's it was really cool. Well, look how it came together. I mean, you know, the three verses are, are perfectly unique. How did that make you feel when she what what was that experience like for you? That is so great. You know, being an artist, I think it's a lonely road at times and any creative will tell you that if there, there are no overnight successes. Everybody that does something in the arts world, you struggle to make a living. You struggle to get acknowledgement for it. You struggle to get credit for it. You struggle for a lot of, um, you know, you just struggle for relevancy in this world. Our culture especially just does not appreciate things of the heart. It does not appreciate a uh, candid conversation. It doesn't appreciate open open communication from from your spirit and really acknowledging people back and forth is that's not a trait i think that's very uh, valuable in american culture so what i got from working with coretta was that times 10 and it's a real gift to see someone reach a level of uh i don't know satisfaction i guess i mean it was obvious that coretta doesn't only re- reminisce on how much she loves her children when she's writing a poem i could tell you that it was you could tell this is something that informs how she lives every day. So, and the gratitude that she seemed to have for her family. And, uh, you know, at one point her, her, her partner was in the zoom camera and, and he's kissing her on the way out the door. And I'm like, this, this whole zoom call is love, lovely, full of love. And, and the energy was coming through the, the computer and the affection between her and, and Darnell. And it was just, it was very clear. Coretta's writing just reflected the way she was living on the Zoom screen that day. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Gail. I know you're ready to eat. Yeah, it's dinner time. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Darlene Clark, Youth Engagement Coordinator for SLIC, St. Luke's Youth Center, building our youth, our families, and our community. You believe in what we're doing, and this is our community. So why not become a supporter? With your donations and faith, we can stand strong. We're grateful for your gift of love. Thank you. For more information on how you can support building community arts and entrepreneurship in West Baltimore, visit our website at wordsfromwithin.net. Stay inspired. Words From Within was conceived by Gail Danley and Amanda Talbot and hosted by Gail Danley. Senior producer is Walker Vreeland. Social Media Marketing by Miranda Wilson. Project Liaison is Darlene Clark. This episode of Words From Within featured guest poet Scotty P with Coretta Mason. Music by Scotty P and Blue Dot Sessions. For more information and to make a donation, go to wordsfromwithin.net.